Speaks Radio. I am your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay, and we created Alzheimer's Speaks uh, due to the journey I had with my own mother living with the disease for 30 years. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We also help companies expand their brand footprint by leveraging our content to increase access for products and services and tools to those in need. And I also really need to thank our audience. You guys are so loyal and so committed to us. I just appreciate that. And I want you to know how important what your likes and clicks and shares and and your influence has done. You see, we truly believe that collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working because because of you, we were recognized by Oprah as a health hero for 2018, by Maria Shriver as an architect of change, and Dr. Oz as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And we didn't do that. You guys did that. You did that by being part of the community and sharing the content and, you know, being interviewed um, either on video or radio or writing into the blog. And again, for that, um, I, I can't thank you enough because I truly believe this grassroots effort is going to make a difference in the world and, and help not only families um, and people diagnosed with the disease, but professionals meet the needs quicker, easier, and faster by having these open-ended conversations. Now, before I start today, um, we are going to have a great conversation with uh, Jay Benedict, but I always like to give a shout-out to a couple of organizations. And the first one I want to give a shout-out to today is Care to Plan. They are developing a dementia resource directory. It's in beta testing right now. You can actually go to alzheimerspeaks.com and go to our resource tab to get more information on that. It's going to be phenomenal. I have a daughter who cared for her mom. It was something I greatly wanted to go to a safe place where I could get great information and be able to find it and share it with others. Um, So you can go learn, again, more about that at alzheimerspeaks.com on our resource directory tab. The other is uh, Maria Shriver's Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which is known as WAM. Um, Every year in June, she has been doing an event called Move for Minds, which is a combination of of exercise and nutrition and panelists. It's really a fun day. But look for more information on that, or you can just go to thewomansalzheimersmovement.org. She also has a fantastic weekly newsletter called, um, I want to say it's called the Sunday Paper. If you're looking for something uplifting, she is one of the most authentic people I've ever met. And she loves to see the power of one and what people are doing 
all around the world. And it's just, it's fascinating. It's, it's, a, it's a great way to, to start your Sunday. And last, I'm going to do, give a shout out to the American Senior Magazine. Um, they, they have a great magazine that comes out, I believe it's quarterly. And it's a lifestyle magazine for the senior population with topics um, ranging from nostalgia to health and wellness, some wonderful interviews and some spotlights on some notable older Americans. And I love it too, because it has large print and I don't even need my glasses to read it. So uh, check them out. You can go to our, our website on our homepage too and get a discount for or a subscription, or if you're a community, um, they'd be more than glad to talk with you as well and, um, and see what they can set up with you there. So with no further ado, we are going to talk with uh, Jay Benedict uh, today. Now, Jay is an outreach and sales director for Cherrywood Point um, here in Roseville, Minnesota, and he's right off of, of Lexington, and he has been serving seniors for three years. Um, in 2015, he created a program called Connections, which is a unique support group for caregivers that meets monthly. And he is also part of a, a volunteer group that I also work with, the uh, Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team. And he has been with us for three years on that as well. And, and we are all about you know, trying to create a better community for those living with dementia or what a lot of people call dementia-friendly communities. So welcome, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. Well, I'm excited to have you. You're just a little go-getter, and I've been really impressed. I didn't really know Jay um, until the, the Roseville AD group, and um, he's just been really a, a precious member with, with great insight and just kind of this get up and let's get her done, you know, <laughs> he jumps on the ball. And that, and that is so refreshing and fun to see. So much, much appreciated. I wanted to talk first about your connections program because it is unique. And, you know, what are you doing different to to serve the older adults and the and the seniors and caregivers in in your community um, within Sherrywood Point and then outside? Um, just yeah. the regular Roseville community. What, what's the connections all about? Perfect. So like you said, in 2015, I was our sales director um, over at our Cleveland location. And one of the tasks they bestowed upon me um, is leading our support group. And it was such a natural um, fit for me because prior to coming on as a sales director here at our um, Cherrywood Points, I was actually a funeral director and had a lot of training in that transition, loss and grief. Um, and I'm also a grief group supporter um, training too. Um, so I can do a different groups of support. And one thing I said, this is great. We're gonna have a support group for the caregivers. Um, many communities do. Um, however, we were sitting there and we were talking about what the one of the biggest challenges were for um, that specific caregiver for the month. And he said, you know, it was really tough because my wife forgot my birthday. And she looked at him and said, I did. And it was just an awkward, tender, sad moment full of like, just this, just sadness. And it was when um, I had my big aha moment and said, no, we need a separation um, to care for the caregivers and the care receivers. 
Mm-hmm. And so we kind of scrapped how we were doing it totally because before we would all meet together and then we now meet separately. And so once a month, I lead our support group for caregivers. And then our activities director leads a support group for um, persons with dementia. Um, and okay. so we can have those open and honest conversations. But yet the biggest challenge for many care receivers or caregivers is what am I going to do with my spouse or my loved one while I'm receiving that training or that support? Um, and so we've been able to really um, connect and offer a different approach to that support group. Um, and it's been huge. So monthly we meet. Um, typically we have between you know 12 and 15 um, caregivers in our um, community. It's open to everyone in the community, but just have a great and rich conversation where I think um, those caregivers can be, you know, honest and open much more than they can with that spouse sitting right next to them um, Mm -hmm. as well. You know, with the, when you split them apart, do you split them apart at two different times or are these just two totally different events? Um, no, so it's at the same time, so then families can certainly feel free to bring in um, the person with dementia, um, and so they have an activities in another room, um, so they get the treats and the goodies, and then they get to um, do activities that are geared specifically for persons with dementia as well. Okay, okay. In an hour-long support group, so. Now, with with your um, people with dementia, is, are they in a certain stage or are, are they in varied stages? They're in varied stages. Um, our main focus is to be a support group for all. Um, and so we have some uh, members who have their spouses in a memory care, not even necessarily here. Um, but then we have people who are living at home on their own. Um, and then, you know, some of our current residents. So it's a really kind of a neat blend. Um, and I think that's what makes a support group so um, rewarding or, you know, that they can have some really good take-home points is we have people who are on very different points in their journey. Um, so then they can ask that question of how did you decide to make that move or how can I stay at home longer or my husband just got diagnosed with dementia. What does that mean for me? Or I just lost my mom. Can anyone else talk about that? Um, so it's really fun to see from you know early diagnosis to um, after someone has passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think it's important too, you know, one of the things that it, it sounds like you're talking about that, that I think is really critical is, is to get people to understand that they can always help out somebody else. There are always 10 steps to somebody ahead of someone else, even though they might be 10 steps behind. And I think that that's just a really powerful concept um, because sometimes we can go down the rabbit hole and think we don't know all the answers and we forget about how much we've learned on our journey and how much knowledge that we really have. And, you know, it always feels good to help somebody else out. And so that's a, a lifting process when you feel like you're connecting and, and are supportive and then know, on the other hand, that, that they'll be there to catch you and support you and lift you when, when you're in need as well. Exactly. And I think it's also for reassurance that being a caregiver is tough, um, but even feeling you're doing an adequate job that is enough for today. Um, and so we just had talked about that at our last support group. That was kind of what our main discussion revolved around is people thinking, I'm not good enough anymore for this. Um, I'm not doing this 
care receiver justice anymore. Um, and so it's just kind of reassure people that just doing their best is what is all that's asked of a caregiver and finding yeah. those resources out there. So I think too often that caregivers forget to acknowledge that um, it is a gift of what they're giving that care receiver, even if it doesn't seem like some days is just the best shot at it. Yeah. Well, in, in realizing that it's not always about doing something, it's about being present. And um, how I explain it is, you know, the the caregiver, care partner, care companion, whatever you want to call them, um, carers as, as they do over in the UK. Um, sometimes, you know, your biggest gift is doing nothing and just being there as their security blanket because you're their warm fuzzy. Um, and right. it makes them feel safe. And I think so often we overlook the importance of that um, and, and how much peace that can bring um, can bring a person with dementia or anybody, you know, having a tough time. I don't care if it's a child, if it's a friend, if it's whatever, but just being there so that they're not alone, um, not always having to fix because this isn't something we can fix or get rid of. I think we see that a lot in our memory care community too, where families will come in and they'll say, I don't know what to say to mom anymore. She can't talk to me. And it's like, why do you have to say anything? We're just happy you're ha here. Um, and we see that person um, just be still um, and really find joy in just that presence. So I think you're absolutely right in finding that connection of just time together is mm -hmm. oftentimes enough um, to be with them. Yeah, well, in teaching families too that um, communication isn't all verbal. And it seems like when the verbal skills start to go, we press for that even more, for that person with dementia to speak to us in a full, you know, comprehensive <laughs> sentence. And yet, you know, three quarters of our communication is nonverbal. And we're not, we're not paying attention to that. We get focused on what has changed and, and what we feel we've lost versus all this nonverbal communication still exists. And I, I personally believe, and I, I've talked with several other um, professionals in the industry that, that are in tune with this as well, believe that a person with dementia's um, ability to kind of tap into that sixth sense to read those nonverbals is heightened because I think so. <laughs> someone who is blind, you know, other, other senses come into play. And so I think it's really our duty as professionals to have conversations about that, show examples of that, you know, lead by example um, of tapping into that um, kind of emotional bliss because that's, it, you know, that's where they're going to find comfort in, in teaching people too to take pleasure and absorb the contentment when their person with dementia is peaceful, when they are content, when they are happy. And sometimes we're so busy zipping around, we don't mm -hmm. like just take a breath and take it in and go, life is good. Life is yep. good, you know? And and I was right there, I know, with my own mom. You know, I was running around with my checklist of things to do, you know, got stuff to do. And as a, as a caregiver, it makes you feel important checking those things off. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, you know, for me, I looked and I went, oh, my God, I'm, I'm all task-oriented. 
and I'm not yeah. focusing on my relationship. And, and then, you know, I had to totally, totally switch that. But it's, it's interesting, I think, in the groups like that you've got with your connections where those authentic conversations just come to be. And, you know, when someone's having a, a bad day, you know, or maybe says something that, that might not be in the perfect, you know, realm, you know, they'll support them and go, I get that. But, you know, maybe if you can tweak it to this, you know, right. maybe it'll be. And a lot of times, too, I'm not finding that I'm really ever giving advice or leading the group. I essentially get the coffee ready and let the conversation just happen yep. um, because they are the ones who can um, connect with each other and give that real time advice. Um, you know, I've not been a care partner for a spouse that's had dementia. Mm -hmm. um, very different as a grandson versus, you know, a spouse or a child. And so I think it's just important to create that space where caregivers can come together. Yeah. Well, and I love that because then you're not there fixing them or preaching to them, you know, you're and you're letting the group work together, which builds their sense of camaraderie quicker and faster and stronger you know, by, by tapping into the group resources. And, and, and that's just such a, I, I don't know, as a facilitator, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just feel it's such an honor to witness that happening. Yes. Because so often, um, I mean, even when I get together with friends and stuff, not all conversations are really authentic. There still can be a lot of fluff and hidden agendas and all that kind of stuff can be going on, you know, with, with yep. colleagues and, and even very good friends aren't comfortable having, you know, really raw, honest conversations or even expressing emotion. And when you create that safe environment, those those ties and those bonds become so strong because it's such a rare environment for them to have. Yeah. Um, and we saw that too. So um, a lot of our members actually moved in when we opened up here last August. And so their friends are here now and like those are real companions. So even now we have that friendship that's really formed outside of that support group um, or they have those resources. And so they bond and do a lot of activities together beyond just that support hour. Mm -hmm. So that's been really fun to see that too. Well, that's neat. Now, what types of things do your people with dementia do to, as far as activities? Can you give us some examples when the care partners gather what the, the people with dementia are doing? Yeah, so a lot of times, too, we'll bring in, like, different music programs or trivia questions, different board games, things like that. Um, going to the park together on the bus is coming up now that the weather is nice. Um, so different activities, art projects. Um, really getting a sense from the care partners, um, what do we think that they would enjoy? Um, so it's been fun. Mm -hmm. And honestly, a lot of times too, it's the same where they just want to get together and chat. Um, and so we'll throw out a get to know you question and the conversation from what I hear has just really taken off. And so um, kind of fun too to see, you know, I actually think the ones who are more concerned are those caregivers. Mm -hmm. um, because they're like worried, oh no, what's my husband doing without me there? And then after our support group, we're like, okay, we better, you know, hurry up and go get him. And we'll come in and the room is laughing and it's just fun to see that, that they mm -hmm. do have that camaraderie together um, in that connection. So it's really been fun. 
Um, I'm so proud of the program. I'm so proud that Ebenezer has let me develop that program and really take it off. So it's been fun. Well, and, and that is very cool. And I think it is funny because, you know, the care partners are, are, are worried about their person and how are they going to be. And, and yet as a facilitator, you can lean back and go, you know what, nobody wants to be tied to anybody 24 seven and both sides need a break. <laughs> exactly. In a, in a safe environment. And, you know, then they can both come back a little refreshed with different things to to share in terms of what it is that they've done. And so what well, yeah. for you and, it, and those are, I, I believe your connections group is listed on the Roseville AD um, website, which is located within the city of Roseville in Minnesota, the city site. So if you absolutely um, go to, the and it's city, open to all and we're here on the fourth um, Wednesday of every month at three o'clock. So we'd okay. love to have others join us if they're interested. Um, we do try to maintain it down to no more than about 10 or, um, excuse me, 12 members, um, mm-hmm. just because at that point you lose some of that intimacy. So we'd always ask if you're going to come, just give us a call and we'll make sure we have some room available as well. Okay, great. Now, are you working on some other projects as well, Jane? I am. So um, part of our, um, you know, community development and plan here is to be a strong pillar in the community, especially towards that memory care. And so um, I'm actually working on a project here with our local fire department um, where we're going to do specific memory care training on an ongoing basis. So we're very excited um, to develop that partnership. And we actually have our first program um, in the early parts of May when we are going to do a dementia simulation for all of the fire departments here in Roseville. Um, So it's very exciting to have that um, training coming on. And then we'll do an ongoing volunteer program with them. Um, So they'll be coming in and volunteering in our memory care, which I think will only enhance what they're doing in the community um, at large for dementia um, residents, helping to understand what those residents are going through. Um, as part of that journey and care from uh, the fire department standpoint. So very mm-hmm. excited about that program um, that we have. And we're putting a lot of time and energy into that too. So awesome. Oh, very fun. Now with the virtual tour, is that is that something specific and trademarked by Ebenezer? Or is that one of the other programs that's out there for the... Nope. Um, we developed our own program. Um, and so there's, you know, several different that are similar, but um, it just helps to um, take away from the senses. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have the visual, the hand sensors. Um, we put uh, neuropathy um, reenactments in their shoes. And so it just helps them to do that. I've actually gone through our training a couple of times. And each time I just blown away by like, oh my gosh, if that's what it's like to live 24-7, I understand where a lot of these behaviors come from and that frustration. And so I think that I've become just a lot more tender um, to the memory care residents and understanding of, you know, a small part of what they would be going through. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really great, um, powerful tool too. So I'm very excited to bring that to the different community groups. And we're actually going to be doing it as well. So at the same time, because it takes quite a bit to set up, you have to set up an apartment for it. We're going to also be doing it for the care partners of the Connections support group. Um, So they're going to be able to kind of step in those shoes of their loved ones for a little bit um, and hopefully have some aha moments as well. So very excited. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, if you ever do it for the public, let me know because I'd love to see what your your program is like. I, I find them very 
powerful. And, um, you know, like you said, it, it, it puts you in a whole different space going, holy cow, really? This is, yeah. this is how difficult things can be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the headphones alone are so discombobulating. And I'm like, oh, I can't keep a thought straight. And we'll give like five tasks um, mm-hmm. to do within the 10 minutes in the apartment. And you can't remember past the second or third one. And so you're like, oh my gosh, now what do I need to do? And that's a common question we see with our residents here. What do I need mm-hmm. to do? What, what, you know, I, am I late? What, and so they just ask a lot of those questions and it's like, okay, simplifying that explanation um, yeah. is so important to those residents. So it's just yeah. fun. Um, we're doing it on our staff as well. So the whole three day um, training, one day is um, specific to our staff. One's going to be the connection support group and all three are going to be the fire department because we're doing it for all three shifts. So all of the fire team here in Roseville will have gone through that training. Um, and as part of that, we're doing the de-escalation training as well. Um, what we've learned about that. So I'm excited um, and we'll report back. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, now, you also worked with the library, um, with the Roseville and Shoreview Library in Ramsey County to um, put together memory minder kits. Can you Absolutely. tell our audience a little bit about what inspired that, um, that concept and then, and then why, um, why you guys you know, chose to get involved and, and what you've seen as the effects of that? Yes. Um, and so as part of our group, so we meet monthly, the Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia Group. And I think that it's safe to say Roseville is one of the very best communities to live in with dementia. Um, we've just done a ton of community development programs. And so it's exciting to see um, from having a business here in Roseville, how do we become stronger partners and support that mission um, because ultimately it is a mission um, for us to provide care and we're just a small part of that big puzzle um, to Mm -hmm. fighting dementia. Um, And so one of the things that we do is when we can partner with those different um, groups such as the fire department um, or here with the library, we are honored and we jump on those those missions. And so one of those things that we developed was with the Roseville um, and Shoreview library systems called the Memory Minder Kits. Um, And this was kind of one of those ideas that it took a lot of brains to come together and all of a sudden it was this aha moment of why isn't this being done. Um, And so we got this kit and so we use a lot of memory care focused um, materials in there. We have the caregiver's guide to caregiving in every one of our kits, the book, um, just a black and white version of the nuts and bolts to caregiving. And so we feel strongly about that support of that book. Um, And so Carol Jackson then said the next big question is, is how do I raise the funds for this? Because it's expensive to put these kits together. And I think Ebenezer and other area um, assisted living groups thought the value was sure there. Um, And so we each contributed quite a bit of sum of money. Um, There was five of us that came together and we raised over $5,000 to develop and buy the material for these kits. And so now in the Roseville Shoreview Library System, there are 60 kits that are all different levels, um, low, medium, and high functioning. And families can check them out for three weeks. Um, And a lot of times it is just a great activity to get together. There's music in each of the um, kits. 
um, kind of replicating the idea of those children's kits that you can <laughs> take home the book and the activity, but it's specifically for dementia. Um, and so it's fun to see, you know, residents here using them and caregivers and going, ha, ah, this one really worked or no, nah, this one wasn't as impactful. And so it's just fun to see um, how they are a benefit. There's literature on there. Um, for uh, the tons of resources that are out in the Roseville um, community and the community of memory care at a whole. Um, so we're just really getting tangible um, material into the hands of those caregiving. So. Yeah. Yep. And it's, um, I know with our memory cafe people um, and, and others, they really um, have liked these kits. They found them extremely helpful. And I know Carol had said that, you know, it's, it's hard to get one. You almost have to reserve them. You know, they're out Absolutely. all the time. And, and so um, when we reapproached it, um, we now were a year in. And due to the success of these kits, we said they only need some more. Um, and so we are now funding another 60 kits to be available at all Ramsey County libraries. And those kits are also going to focus on the Lewy body dementia. So we're expanding our products, the Lewy body dementia and children's programming for helping care for grandpa and grandma and understanding. So very excited about the new addition to the memory minders line. Oh, very cool. That's, that's exciting. When I go around uh, the country, I, I always, you know, talk about that and people are, are kind of amazed, but really highly interested in what's going on and um, how, they, how they can get involved with that as well. Now, I also wanted to talk to you about, you know, how Ebenezer has kind of positioned themselves as a leader in memory care. And, and we've gone over, you know, several things with, you know, the projects that, that we've talked about, the connections and the memory minders and um, your training in terms of getting involved with dementia-friendly communities. Um, but let's talk about that a little bit more specifically is, you know, is your community and Roseville a little unique or are, is this something that Ebenezer wants to do in all areas because they're all over the place. Yeah, um, it is not just unique to Roseville here. It's in any of our Ebenezer managed um, sites. Um, so we've done some programming just clearly across the board. Um, and one of those huge um, developments was what we call our dimensions. That's what we call our memory care program. Um, and we have Mary Sue Moses who oversees that very unique center person dimension care um, mm -hmm. for all of our Ebenezer residents. And so from the get-go, any of our staff who are Ebenezer trained um, go through a program upon orientation. So from your high executives to your frontline staff, everybody that the resident would ever encounter has had that dementia background and training. Um, and on ongoing monthly, we do a hot topic once a month at every site. Um, and so there's this ongoing hour training um, as well. So it's really fun. And then we have our memory care champions. And so instead of one person going to all of the sites, um, we go to the training center um, and then she will bring it back to us here um, and train the staff on an ongoing basis. So it's been really fun to see Ebenezer's commitment to that memory care. Okay, wonderful. Well, that's, that's great for people to know. And then um, <clears throat> last, how do you help families who are trying to make that decision to maybe move a loved one into a memory care community. I know that that can be a really, 
a huge struggle for, for a lot of families, but yet there can be such great relief and satisfaction um, in terms of, of getting through that process and actually doing it. How, how, how would you, how do you guys help families through that? Yes. Um, as the sales director here, I would say that that is going to be one of the toughest decisions any of our families have to make is ultimately um, bringing, you know, somebody they love into our care here. Um, and it's been great having that loss and grief and transition background that I have had um, as a funeral director to apply a lot of that same principle into training our staff to really support that family on that transition because it is ultimately one of our toughest um, moves that we have here. Um, really inviting that family in for care conferences. We also do what's called the My Way programming, and it's, so it's understanding how do we replicate their day-to-day lives um, into our memory care, um, into a setting that is familiar to them. Um, and so it's, you know, asking those specific questions of when they wanted to take a bath. Is that a morning, noon, night, sponge bath? There's just different levels of um, care that we can provide those residents. Um, but the other big thing is supporting that family. And so we do follow up with them, um, inviting them into our care support groups, ongoing monthly education and support as well. So. Okay. Wonderful. Is that, um, do you find families can make that decision easily or do you think it's really something over time that, that takes them a while to process? Absolutely. I think it's a long process. Um, you know, we can ultimately see a lot of times, um, you know, we're caring for that person. We kind of know where we're headed that eventually that care is going to be too difficult to do 24 hours in our own home, um, whether that's from an emotional standpoint or physical standpoint. Um, ultimately, I think that's the biggest trigger is that physical need for care. Um, and so to give that up and have somebody provide that 24-7 is the toughest. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we're working with families that are in crisis mode. Something happened at home where there's just no safe way anymore of being at home. And so working with families in an emergency, you know, very fast pace and not making sure those critical details get overlooked is part of my role here. Um, I know that that's what we did with my own grandma too. You know, we tried to carry as long as possible, but ultimately we had to learn that caring for her also meant um, letting somebody else step in and help us where we just could not physically do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you guys really have some nice, I think, resources to help people transition and, you know, through this process because it is an ongoing one, one that shifts and and changes quite a bit um, throughout the disease uh, process itself. And family members come from so many different angles in terms Absolutely. of the I know sometimes families are all on one page and sometimes there's 10 of them all <laughs> on a different page and, and it can get complicated really. We have here what we call our Weary Wives Club. Um, it's a group of our spouses of these five wives that have gotten together. Um, because their husbands all live in our memory care. And so it's just fun to see this built-in, like, family support group, too. Um, and so they get together every night for supper um, and just have that constant support. So it's just been fun to see um, those true relationships take off as well. 
Oh, very neat. Very neat. Now, are you guys looking at doing any more expanding in Roseville? I mean, you've got quite a few different communities um, just within the scope of Roseville and then many, you know, way outside as well. And, and yeah. At this time, I'm not aware of any that are coming here to Roseville specifically. Mm -hmm. um, we are constantly opening, you know, some new buildings and um, acquiring some of some old properties too that really think the Ebenezer model is the best. Um, they've been doing it 100 years, so they're continually challenging and growing as well. So I don't know of any here in Roseville. Okay, okay. They um, they do do just a, a wonderful, wonderful job and um, you know, it's it's evident uh, that you're a great fit for for their community in terms of, you know, one of the things that I like in terms of what you've done in, um, within Ebenezer is they've allowed you to use your creativity and really listen to the needs um, so that, so that you serve. Because um, so many times I see, you know, traveling around the country, you know, I see so many models still where everybody thinks um, the hierarchy knows it all, and yet they <laughs> are the furthest in contact with the everyday person that they're serving. And there, there can be such a disconnect on that. Absolutely. And, and I love- Well, I think that that's where we can really dive into the programs that are needed. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, we do um, an every other month continuing education event for our social workers and nurses within the community as a whole. Um, and one of the really unique things that we did this month um, is because we heard from people, what about the spiritual care? for those dementia yeah. and I said this is awesome let's pull together that panel of experts and talk about the spiritual changes and so that's what we did um, last month and that was primarily from a grassroots of what do we need um, and asking those questions so it is fun to have that autonomy um, within such a great place well and that was a repeat event too because you had such great success um, with that prior um, yeah. it, because it was it was an area that people really weren't addressing clearly and openly, um, and and that is uh, that's a huge, huge factor. And I mean, there's studies to prove that stress is reduced when people are connected on a spiritual level. You know that it yeah. does. Yeah, and it's fun too then to be the resource for you know other um, communities too. They're calling and asking, hey, we want to do that. How do we get that rolling? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's fun that we're part of that and we can share those ideas. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to be, and even though you're part of a large organization, a lot of what you're doing is really grassroots in my eyes. In, Absolutely. In, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's kind of my niche, you know, <laughs> it's let's do, let's do <laughs> it hasn't been done before and um, connect people. And I love, you know, even just with this program, being able to, raise the voice of what it is you're doing so that others can hear, um, you know, the creativity and the benefits to what you're doing. Oh, especially, you know, and we want people to replicate that. And I think Carol Jackson out at the library too, with like the memory kit, she's getting calls all the time. What are these memory reminder kits? How do I get that? And so having that support and, you know, showing them, Hey, there's resources out there um, because of the expense that don't let that kind of get in your way. And so it's just helping educate others to like get these ideas and grow and grow and grow. Yep, 
Yeah, well, and they, the library took on doing a, a memory cafe too with a little different twist than, you know, what, what my group is is more like yours where they sit around and talk and stuff. But, you know, through the library, they were able to get a grant, you know, if it was kind of arts and cultural based. And yeah. so that's meeting a whole nother need. And I, I think one of the other things, and this was a really uphill battle in the beginning, um, that I noticed because I, I wasn't in the, you know, support group business per se. And then I got involved with the memory cafes, which has been almost seven, I think seven years now. And, wow. um, you know, when we first started um, those, there was such, um, such clicks and silos and people did not want to work together. And there was this, this attitude of, well, they're my people and you can't have yeah. them. And now that has totally changed. And the, the various support groups are probably the biggest feeders for other support groups because people have come to realize that, you know, A, people's needs will change, but a lot of them like to participate in more than one. And they like meeting different people and every group has its own dynamic and they're all serving in different ways. And, and this is a good thing because um, you know, our goal really should be meeting their needs, not not trying to, you know, meet ours. Um, One, I think, too, it's so important to finding those different resources that are going to be a good fit for that um, person individually. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, some communities are bigger and they want that congregation. Some are smaller and more intimate. And so, you know, you have that huge swing of things. But even like in my memory care, you know, they'll come back and then um, bring me resources to share with those people. And then, you know, a couple of those people might go, ah, that music program is just what we needed this month. Um, yeah. Or we're having a lawyer come in and chat. And I had some of my residents going over to a support group and announce it there. And I have some of their residents coming. So it is, I think, so imperative in the fight against dementia to share those resources so we can just continue to really build upon each other's success. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that the, the Roseville Community Action, um, Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team has done really well, um, you know, because the, the web portion on the city page is fairly stagnant, except for the activities and, and events and support groups. And there, instead of people reduplicating what someone's already done, um, we're, we're telling people it's over here. You know, we're yeah. going to do this or, and we're sharing resources. And, and that is, um, that is just so nice to see because that was not happening. And in many communities around the country, that still doesn't happen, but it changes everything when that, when that true authentic collaboration comes together and people aren't fearful of losing a client. It's not, it's not about a sale. It's not about a number. It's about, meeting the needs and as we meet the needs I think everybody gets busier and exactly. we're doing a job for for the clients those that we're serving and that is um that's a beautiful thing to be to be part of and to see and um yeah very very neat well I so appreciate your time with us today is there is there anything else that you wanted to cover and um tell our audience no, I think that's awesome. Um, you know, finding places that are very supportive of a community as a whole is so important. I think 
um, if, you know, if you're ever looking for that community um, to place somebody, um, there's some great resources out there, EbenezerCares.org, CherrywoodPoint.com. Um, I'm always willing to answer some calls too. Um, so reaching out, finding that support that you need and taking care of yourselves. Yep. And can you give those websites one more time, Jay? Yeah. Um, the main one for Ebenezer is EbenezerCares.org and our website, CherrywoodPoint.com. Okay. Wonderful. Well, that is, that is fantastic. Um, again, so much appreciate your time with us today and the awesome. work that you're doing and the work that your organization is doing. It's, a, it's an honor to, to have you um, on the show today. So thank you. Thank you. And thanks for all your work too. Yeah. In closing, I'm just going to give a shout out to a couple other organizations. Uh, one is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Uh, they are located in Arizona, but there's so much information that you can glean from the internet. Uh, they have a holistic approach. They have a really cool um, training program for meditation, which has some proven research behind it, uh, which is very neat. And you can just go to alzheimersprevention.org. And then I'd be amiss if I didn't mention uh, Calendar Cards, who has a memory system. They also have um, provided and pulled together a directory for memory cafes. And you can um, access the memory cafe directory by just going to memorycafedirectory.com, memorycafedirectory.com. And if you have a memory cafe and you want it listed, just reach out to them. It's free. Dave is more than glad to enter it. We're approaching 500 of them now in the U.S., which is just incredible because that's all been grassroots effort. Um, another one that is really neat, if we have any restaurants um, that are listening or people that have influence with restaurants, there is an organization called uh, the Purple Table Reservations. And you can uh, get to them by just going to purpletables.com. But uh, this gal out east, uh, her mom had dementia. They had a restaurant, and they started gathering, doing a kind of a support group there. She now has an app put together and a training program um, that's very inexpensive for restaurants to get trained and get listed. And people can then call in and say, I'd like a, I'd like a purple table reservation, which basically just means give me a, a well-lit, quiet area with a wait staff who's not going to overwhelm me with 25, you know, dressings and drinks and desserts and, and, you know, a menu that is a little simpler and knows how to communicate better. Um, and that, that is, uh, their target is not just dementia, but autism, post-traumatic stress. I mean, it, it'll work for a lot of people. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I get overwhelmed when it's like, okay, how many dressings were there? <laughs> you know, how many? It, it's just we've we've gotten to this point where we're bigger and more we think is better, and it it, it isn't all the time. Um, people just really want to connect and um, have a nice experience, and so uh, purpletables.com is a is a really cool thing to go to. Last I talked to her, they had, um, I want to say, 44 inquiries from, from 44 different states, but they didn't have that many restaurants signed up. This is something really brand new. And then the last I'm just going to mention is called the Call Alert Center. And it's a wonderful program for uh, care partners who are worried that maybe their loved one or their client might wander off. 
and it's very economical, but it gets you all set up in case there would be a need. And then they, you contact them, they work with the police, and um, there's, there's flyers and social media pieces and an alert that goes out to a phone system um, that is just very helpful uh, in an initial crisis to, to help find that person. So again, I wanna thank our audience. I wanna thank Jay uh, with Cherrywood Point for being our guest today. And uh, feel free to check out all of our other resources on alzheimerspeaks.com. In the meantime, have a blessed week and we'll talk soon, everyone. Bye now. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.